out there in podcast land, you have set you down once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 127. So I don't bury the lead. My guest, a little bit later on going, 10 rounds of Rhino, UFC featherweight, the Colombian warrior, Danny Chavez, is the latest fighter to go 10 rounds of Rhino. So before we get into that, our episode today is going to have as follows. Our full UFC Vegas 55 breakdown, a fantastic Q&A session with the Rhino gang. Right before Danny Chavez goes 10 rounds of Rhino, it is a fantastic Super cool, really fun, really informative uh, 10 rounds of Rhino. So I can't wait for you guys to check that out. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right in. We've got our UFC Vegas 55 recap, our first fight from the 115-pound division. We had Sam Hughes, Rhino gang, 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 versus Elise Reed. Early flurry for Elise. Um, kind of got Sam's attention. Sam put her in the clinch, eventually worked her way for a takedown, got some ground upon in that one, and then worked to a clinch again. Big slam for the takedown, pretty much on top all around for Sam Hughes, uh, both in the first and the second. Really lots of top control, lots of clinching, lots of pretty dominant grappling work by Hughes in this one. And then in the third, she had a drag takedown of Elise. Elise had no idea what to do. She looked really tired. Sam really started to pour on the ground and pound. Referee stops the fight. TKO in the third for Sam Hughes, the Sam Page, in that one. Moving into 145 with Felipe Corrales versus uh, Chase Hooper. Chase Hooper looked like a whole different fighter, dude. He, he's really starting to grow. He's really starting to uh, look better on the feet. You know, he's always looked great on the ground. The thing about this fight was, uh, normally I'm one of the people who really leans towards the stand-up fight. I think that's the most exciting um, you know, aspect of mixed martial arts. But Chase and Corrales on the ground was very exciting. Lots of really fun scrambles. Everybody was really flexible and um, shifting and moving and really keeping it fun to watch on the ground. So um, when he got to the third round, Corrales was just, or Kaladish, as they were pronouncing, I hope I'm doing that, Kaladish was being just, he was exhausted by the third. Chase was dominating him all over the place. Um, you know, he eventually got the crucifix, got some elbows, and then, and then basically Chase Hooper ground and pounded him out in the third round, got the stoppage. TKU went for Chase Hooper, so big win for him at 145 pounds. And yeah, the kid's really coming into his own. So Felipe Kaladish, you know, uh, tough loss. Hopefully he'll be back. He's an exciting fighter. Moving into 135, we had Jonathan Martinez versus Vince Morales. You want to talk about one-way traffic. Holy shit. Jonathan Martinez. Vince Morales did what he could, but Jonathan Martinez, beautiful brutal leg kicks all the way through landing far more punches, but while being very technical and not trying to push the pace too hard, Vince moving forward a lot, trying to land some shit, but Jonathan's defense was on point, got his head movement going. He was really looking elite out there for 135 pounds. So he got the Jonathan Martinez, got the UD over Vince Morales in that one. Moving into 155, we had Euros Medic versus Omar Morales. This one was, Fun while it lasted, dude. An overhand right for Omar early looked to really hurt Uros, but he got back. Uh, he got back into the mix right away, landing some beautiful, brutal body kicks. That man, they were making that sound. You know what I mean? That super slap. That oh shit, that one landed real good on Omar. Um, you know, a couple short rights for Morales, but then Euros really started to open up and land a lot cleaner. He wobbled Morales in the in the first round with one nice quick short right hand. And then, boy, Jesus, in the second round, a straight left, then a combo, drops Omar Morales. He bravely gets right back up, but then another left crunches his jaw, goes back down to the ground. Euros Medic then jumps on top, finishes him off. 
TKO the second off Eros Medic over Omar Morales in that one. That was a really fun fight. That was awesome. All right, moving into 265, we had Rhino Gang member Parker Porter versus Jailton Almeida. And wow, Jailton Almeida moving up from 205. You wouldn't hardly know it because he's a huge dude. Um, immediately goes in, throws like a throws like a straight high kick to, to kind of close the distance, takes Porter down. Takes Parker down, excuse me, lands some GMP, kind of works his position, works around, is able to stay on top the entire fight. Then towards the end of the first, slaps on the RNC and gets the sub one for that one for Jailton Almeida over Parker Porter. All right, moving into 185, we have Joseph Ugly Man Holmes, Rhino Gang Gang Gang, versus Alan Amadovsky. Wow. A huge knee dropped Amadovsky from Joseph Holmes. Joseph jumped on his back, slaps on the RNC, gets the choke just one minute and four seconds in a round one. Amadovsky had been off for three years, and, you know, it would have been, been all right to see him, you know, see maybe he could get some of the rust off and see how he could compete, but Joseph Holmes was not having it, dude. He got in and got out, got business done. Big win for him at 185. Moving into Rhino Gang member Eric Anders versus John Young Park, or as he was more affectionately known as the Iron Turtle. <laughs> this one was um, not the highest paced fight. You know, Eric would really throw a shot or two and then try to, you know, get a single leg and then kind of push the Iron Turtle up against the cage. <clears throat> the Iron Turtle would return fire every now and again, but it was kind of a more slow, methodical type of a fight. I gave Eric Anders. Um, the second round, and then the third was really close, but I gave it to Jung Young Park. The first one was kind of the one I'm not so sure about, so the judges decided to give Jung Young Park the split decision. I would have been fine with had it gone either way, but yeah, not not the super most exciting fight in the world, but a good win for Jung Young Park, nonetheless, over Eric, your boy, Anders. All right, moving into 115, we had Pollyanna Viana versus Tabitha Ricci. Early takedown for Ricci, um, had some good top control. When they got back up, Viana pulled guard. Not too much happened in that first round. In the second, Pollyanna was striking, was a little bit better on the feet, but then Tabitha would end up on top, you know, through a takedown or through from a slip, do some good work on top. You know, and again, nothing damaging really, but definitely control. In the third round, you know, uh, Ricci got the takedown off of a clinch. Again, more top control. No real devastating shots, but a lot of control. So that gave her the very clear-cut UD in that one at 115 pounds. Moving into holy smokes. <laughs> what a fucking, what a shot this was. Chidi Njikawani versus Dusko Todorovic. Dusko tried to shoot early. Chidi sprawled out, tried to darse. Uh, that didn't work. They got into some clinch work, got into some scrambles. And then when they got back standing, they clinched up. Chidi and Jukawani kind of leans back, gets a beautiful angle on a right elbow, throws it with such force from such a short amount of space. It was unbelievable. Hit Dusko right in the temple, dropped him down and out. Referee stops the fight. KO in the first for Chidi and Jukawani. What a win. What a drop. Unbelievable stuff. Moving into 170, we had Michelle Pajeda, also known as Eddie Gordo to a lot of people online, <laughs> versus Santiago Ponsonibio. Really fun fight. Uh, Michelle Pajeda was on his bike most of the fight, kind of really good uh, lateral movement, sticking and moving. Santiago Ponsonibio, whatever, whenever he could get it close enough, you know what I mean? He could make a couple hard shots. He landed a couple really be beautiful left hands, especially. Uh, Michelle Pajeda was doing a great job of staying sticking, moving, getting out of the way, staying, stick, move, get out of the way. And then 
it looked like he was going to win the fight pretty clearly. And then in the third round, Santiago Ponsonibo kind of poured it on a little bit, uh, landed some really hard shots, hurt Michelle Pajeda a couple times. But again, I, I thought it was a clear-cut UD for Michelle Pajeda. The judges gave him a split decision, but at least the right guy won in the very exciting co-main event in that one. All right, moving into the main event. Ugh. <clears throat> so full disclosure, I picked Caitlin Vieira to win this fight. So I was cheering for her to win this fight. I've always been a fan of Holly Holm. Always. We've got a great, we have a great question about her later in the Rhino Gang Q&A. But I thought Caitlin Vieta was going to win this fight. She didn't. Okay? Holly Holm was more aggressive. She was landing more shots. She was landing cleaner shots. She landed, outstruck her 183 to 104 in overall strikes, 112 to 63 in significant strikes, 60 to 6 in leg kicks, Caitlin had officially just one takedown, uh, again, and with 124 of top control. Now, Holly Holm, by the all of our optics, especially from everybody that we saw online, we all saw Holly Holm win. Somehow, some way, Caitlin Vieta got the, got the uh, split decision win after five in that one. It was the absolute wrong call. Caitlin Vieta did not deserve to win that fight. Holly Holm did, but that's the way the cookie crumbles, unfortunately. We got a great question about um, about judging a little bit later on. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's the way it went. So, Holly Holm does not get the W last night. Not going to get a title shot anytime soon for 135. And Caitlin Vieta probably is. So, that's that one for UFC Vegas 55. Okay, we're going to go ahead and get into our Rhinos drop of the night for this week. So, my drop of the night for this week is going to be from, of course, Chidi and Jukawani. That right fucking elbow was just brutal. Landed right on uh, Todorovic's temple, put him down and out. So, yes, the Rhino drop of the night for this week is 100% Chidi Njikawani and his super cool, gravelly, you know, late-night jazz voice, which is so badass. So, big whip, big up to you, Chidi Njikawani. So, since there are no UFC fights for this upcoming Saturday, we're going to go ahead and get right into our Twitter questions. And our first one comes from the homie, the Razor Sweet Potato, RSP. What do you got this week, dude? RSP says, if you could have some of your fave and some of your not favorite fighters walk out to Saturday morning cartoon themes, what songs would you assign and to what fighters? So I haven't watched cartoons in a really long time, buddy, but I do remember a lot of the ones from back in the 80s when I was a little kid. So for the for the good guys, the guys that I really like. Max blessed Holloway. He would come out to GI Joe, bro, because he's a he, he's a real American hero. He is a fantastic fighter, human being, and all things otherwise. And I love Max blessed Holloway, so I would love to have him have that high pace, high you know fun level of a theme song coming out. Next, we're gonna go with my my favorite fighter in the UFC, Francis Ngannou. He's coming out to He Man, dude. <laughs> if ever there was like a you know. Uh, someone who should be affiliated with power, strength, and just punching ability, it would be Francis Ngannou, and that's exactly what the He-Man soundtrack would entail. For Bullet Shevchenko, one of my other favorite fighters in the UFC, I'm going with Jem and the Holograms. And all my 80s kids will remember this, you know, Jem, Jem is electric, ooh, Jem. And that was a badass song. She's a badass lady. It just coincides perfectly. So on the bad side... Now, this isn't exactly a theme song, but, like, the theme that would happen whenever Gargamel would come on to the Smurfs, you know, his creepy, mean guy theme song. You got to give that to Colby Covington, my least favorite fighter in the entire UFC. Colby Covington can come out to Gargamel. And then for Ronda Rousey, who I know is not in the UFC anymore, but I thought this was the most applicable, would be the Corella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> 
I think her her theme song should be assigned to Ronda Rousey. So those are my answers on that one. Thank you very much, RSP. All right, let's get into our homie, the Dean Dog, the motorcycle riding madman. Dean Dog, what do you got this week, dude? So Dean Dog says, how could anyone be surprised with the judges' decisions these days? It seems like it's happening so often. And by that, he means bad, bad calls. <clears throat> do I have any thoughts or ideas on how we can make it better? So, yeah, dude, and I know we've talked about this on the show before. I know there's some strong opinions on this, but from both sides, but I'm going to say it again, and I'm saying it stronger this time. More former high-level pros as judges. Does being a former high-level pro automatically make you a good judge? No, of course not. But I got to feel like it gives it a leg up at least somewhat, at least for most fighters. They have to go through the same training. They have to go through whatever they have to go through to get certified. But former high-level pros as judges has got to be an improvement from what we're seeing, you know, week in and week out now. It just has to be, dude. I refuse to believe otherwise. So they definitely couldn't do worse, and I think they would do better. So that is my only thought on that one. So that's my answer for that one, D-Dog. Thank you very much, my dude. All right, let's get into our homie, the Doc. And the Doc has this week. He says, is that the last time we are going to see Eric Anders in the UFC octagon? And my answer to that, Doc, is no, dude. I think Eric is going to be given at least one more, if not more, um, chances to fight in the UFC. I grant you, he's now one in three in his last four. There's also a no contest in there. But, you know, if you have to cut a guy, there's other people on the roster who I think are far more deserving of being cut than Eric Anders. <clears throat> I think he's one of those guys that you keep because I, th yeah, I know he'll step up late notice. He can fight at 85 or 205. And really, like when he's on, he can beat almost anybody in either division. But when he's not on, he can lose to anybody in either division. So he's really somebody you want to have around kind of like a utility player. So, no, I think we're definitely going to see Eric, your boy, Anders again in the octagon. So thank you very much, Doc. All right, let's get in our homie, the Brian from the Holman Sale. What do you got this week, dude? So he has what is on the docket for next Saturday since there's no UFC on. So for me, Broski, I, I, and aside from doing some fun, you know, other stuff with friends, there's an interesting KSW on in the afternoon. I doubt I'll catch that. Uh, but I'm really interested in the pro boxing event from Brooklyn on Saturday night. The co-main event is the WBA middleweight fight between uh, Arislandi Lara and Gary O'Sullivan. That one should be a really high-level, fun technical bout. And then the WBA lightweight title between Tank Davis and Ronaldo Romero should be a lot of fun as well. So I'm going to I'm gonna get my boxing hat on next Saturday night, as that's what I'll be doing. So thank you very much, Holster. <clears throat> All right, I know our next one comes from our good brother, who we affectionately know as Cyrus King, but is now known as Jamal, the son of Thomas. Now, Jamal, what do you got this week, dude? So his question is, should Holly Holm retire, and how do I look at her MMA career as a whole? So great question for sure, dude. Um, no, <clears throat> Holly Holm should not retire, I don't think. I thought she had a good performance last night. She should have won. I think she's still a top-tier 135-er. And then in a pinch, you know what I'm saying? She could move up to 45. She's competed there before with some success. So I think that Holly Holm is definitely someone who should continue to fight. She still looks good. She still could fight well. And she's still, like I said, she's still a top five, 135er dude. And I think she won last night. Um, plus I'll always have an affinity for her because she knocked Ronda Rousey's jaw off of her face. <laughs> the high kick hurt around the world that time. So yeah, <clears throat> I think overall her MMA career will be revered, dude. She's 14 and six. She's only, you know, fought high top tier, talent in the UFC. Um, you know, and I think she's going to be the first person that's going to be a, a UFC and pro boxing hall of famer. Cause she's already got the hall of fame 
induction that's happening this summer uh, for boxing. And I think eventually she'll be a UFC Hall of Famer as well. So, yeah, I think her overall career should be revered. And I think it should keep on going for at least four or five more fights. So great question, Jamal. Thank you very much. Of course, check out what I love to call Cyrus King because he's my king, my dude at Combat Corner for all kinds of great content. So check him out on his pod, Combat Corner. All right, our sixth question and our our last write-in comes from our girl, APB. APB, what do you got this week? So she says, there are no UFC fights this weekend. What are your plans for the holiday? So I'm definitely going to go to my buddy's farm ranch thing with the big pond and we're going to do the cookout deal, and we're going to do some fireworks afterwards. So that'll be a really fun time for, like, the day and early evening. But come fucking later in the night, dude, I am getting my boxing hat on. I am going to sink into the chair, and I'm really going to dive into, um, especially the Coleman and main event from the Barclays Center this coming Saturday. I'm really looking forward to those fights. And that's one thing that I'm, I'm in an advantageous and lucky position is that I love boxing so much, you know, as a former pro myself. And so I'm really going to enjoy getting the uh, – getting like the full boxing where I'm not worried about paying attention to anything else but boxing. So great question, APB. And as we know, you can't be a wuss and have a puss. <laughs> RSP, we're going to do our voice questions. Our first one comes from the homie again, the Ranger Sweet Potato RSP. What do you got this week, dude? Rhino, my man. It's your pal, Rage and Sweet Potato from out east, Canada way. Tonight's UFC Vegas 55 card, approximately 36% of all fights have a Rhino Gang member in them. My question for you this week is, how are you going to celebrate when 100% of a card has a Rhino Gang member fighting? Keep up the great work. (laughs) Oh, I love this, right? So if and when a card were to come about that only has Rhino Gang fighters on the entirety of it, we got to celebrate, right? We'd have to do some shit like really get the best of my favorite foods together. So that would be for like appetizer. You got to get the buffalo chicken dip going, right? We would have to splurge on some really high-end steaks, some really good steaks, right? Some good quality. Get those babies on the grill. Do up some twice-baked potatoes, right? At least have one or two buddies over to watch the fights. Maybe do some sort of watch-along with some members of the Rhino Gang where we could all do like a fun Zoom or something like that. Because, yeah, if there was ever the situation where like 11 fights had 11 Rhino Gang fighters on it, we'd have to celebrate it. That'd be really cool. You know, we're, we're an independent little show. You know, we're not affiliated with any website or any company or anything like that. So to be able to have a whole UFC card that had UFC um, fighters who had all been on my show, as we affectionately call them, the Rhino Gang, that'd be a big deal for me. And that'd be really fun and cool. So, yeah, we would we would definitely have to do some celebrate on that one. So RSP, thank you, my brother. All right. Our next voicemail comes from our homie Ty the Fly Guy, the Denver Bronco loving broski. Ty, what do you got this week, dude? Hey, Rhino Andrea, it is Ty, your Denver Broncos loving fanatic. <sighs> I'm not sure what to make of the Bantamweight division now. I honestly don't believe Ketlin Vieira deserves a title shot after that. Of course, we know Holly Holm isn't going to get one. Um, so if you were to play matchmaker for the women's Bantamweight division, how would you go about it depending on the results of Nunez versus Pena 2. And adding on to that, do you believe Valentina Shevchenko should be added to the mix if she wins her fight against Tialia Santos um, in June? Let me know what you think. I love the show, and I'll catch you guys later. 
Peace. Well, first of all, I think that Holly won the fight last night, right? So, um, secondly, Amanda is probably going to smash Juliana Pena. Hungry, hungry Amanda Nunez is a problem, and I think she's going to smash Juliana in their rematch. Take back the belt. Unfortunately, with that win in quotes last night, I do think it's got to be Vieta. I mean, she's she's like third ranked. She beat the number two ranked, and she's going to have to get the winner of Nunez versus um, Pena, and I think that's what's going to have to happen, dude. So as far as Bullet Shevchenko, of course, pardon me, and I've said it before, I would love to see a third fight with Amanda Nunez at 135. I feel like they're really one and one. I don't know if she's going to want to do that, dude. Like, she could just keep winning at 125 and keep defending her belt and not getting injured and not having to worry too much about the talent level that's coming at her at 125. So, yeah, I would probably think she's probably just going to stay at 125 and has no need, want, or desire to go back up to 35. So, yeah, those are my answers on that one, Ty. So thank you very much, my dude. All right, let's get into our homie Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. Juice, what do you got this week, dude? What's up, Rhino? Over the weekend, my guy Badu Jack a.k.a. The Ripper, sent this poor soul to the Shadow Realm. I want to say his name is like Haini Aito, Haini Aito, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. It doesn't matter, he's fucking dead now. Badu Jack killed him. My question is, what's next for Badu Jack? He's my personal favorite boxer right now. No one else boxing makes me want to watch. Basically him and Katie Taylor. What do you think? So he... <laughs> so now Badu Jack, who's also one of my favorite fighters, has been for a long time. He's on a four-fight win streak now, dude. And now, uh, uh, granted, not against the highest caliber of opponents, but I think his next fight should be a rematch with Jean Pascal, dude. It was a super close back-and-forth split decision loss to Jean Pascal for the WBA light heavyweight title. It was in late 2019, almost 2020. So both both guys are a little bit longer in the tooth, right? They're both in their upper 30s, both been fighting for a really long time. It's a super even matchup, and I would love to see that fight again. So, yes, let's get Jean Pascal versus Badu Jack, the Ripper, in a light heavyweight bout sometime in the next three or four months. That's what I'd love to see. So Juicy Fruit Baby, thank you very much. Make sure to check out Juice on the Friendly Sparring Pod. Him and Leo, it's too much fun over there. All right, D-Rains, we're going to get into our last voice question, which comes from the homie D-Crons. D-Crons, what do you got this week, brother? Hey, what's going on, Rhino? Man, at this point, it wouldn't be a proper Sunday if I didn't wake up. First thought being, I fucking hate the judging. Anyway, I feel bad for Holly. Uh, I really wish Parker was able to get it done yesterday. Um... How goddamn strong is Almeida, though? Jeez. Um, what's next for Almeida? And it looks like we've got to wait until June 4th for our next UFC card. Uh, I just looked at it. Volkov and Big Boy's the only fight I see booked so far. Um, I'd like to know what you other fights that you'd like to see on June 4th. Uh, just throw a couple fights at me. Who would you like to see? I love you guys. Can't wait to listen to the show, Rhino Gang. Next for Almeida should be at 205, I think. I mean, he's really a 205-er. And I think it should be a good veteran, like a veteran UFC fighter who can match him size and strength-wise so he can't kind of run through anybody or hold him down for a, a round, right? <clears throat> so I was looking over the roster, and I didn't want to have anybody in the top 20 because Almeida's still pretty young in his career. So I was looking outside of the top 20, and you know who jumped off the page? It was OSP, dude. Ovitz St. Pru. You want to talk about someone who can, has super experience. He can handle himself both on the ground and on the feet and is really big and strong. Has also fought at heavyweight, right? So I think at 205, I think for Jail Ten Almeida versus 
OSP is a great matchup to make. It would give, you know, Almeida kind of a gauge as to where he's at and where he's going and see how what OSP has left in the tank. So, and I think he wants a better performance coming off his last one, which was kind of a snoozer. So yeah, dude, I'm all in on seeing Almeida versus OSP next. And then as far as some of the matchups I'm looking forward to on June 4th are on the undercard, and that would be 50K Ige versus Movsar Ivolev. I think that's going to be a really fun fight. And then, of course, Rhino Gang member Joe Selecki versus Alex Da Silva. Rhino Gang, Gang, Gang. I want to see that fight big time. Big ups to Joe Selecki. So yeah, there's a couple of good fights besides the main event on that June 4th card that I'm very much looking forward to. So D. Kronz, thank you very much, my dude. Always appreciate having you on. All right, fam. Let's go ahead and get our 10 rounds with the Colombian Warrior, UFC featherweight Danny Chavez, after a quick learn from our sponsor, K&R Designs. Hey, Rhino Gang. Are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Oh, fight fam in the Rhino Gang. we got ourselves another fantastic guest going 10 rounds of this week. The Colombian Warrior is joining us. UFC featherweight Danny Chavez. Danny, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Hey, thank you very much. I like the energy. I like the energy. <laughs> oh, we got to keep it high over here, my dude. So, yes, sir. <laughs> Danny, round one with Rhino is, is always the same for the fighters. We love to hear that origin story. What's the background of how you first got into MMA, dude? Uh, I would say um, I always go back to the story where I talk about my friend Alex Bermudez. He showed me The Ultimate Fighter, season three, Tito Ortiz, Ken Shamrock. And uh, I remember one time we were just hanging around and he just told me, hey, look, we're going to go to uh, my friend Monkey. We, we used to call him Monkey because he had like big ears. So he'd be like, yo, let's go to Monkey's house and watch the Ultimate Fighter. And I was like, what is that? And he's like, yo, when people get together and, you know, it's a show where, you know, you fight for the number one spot to get in the UFC. Da, da. I really didn't know that much about it. I used to see it, but I didn't really, I was not like really that uh, educated about it. I used to just follow boxing. So then uh, we went to go see it. And I remember with the, the pay-per-view that was getting ready for that. And I was like, because yeah. remember at the, at the time we were showing the show, but there was one pay-per-view like a year almost. And it was Horace Gracie versus Matt Hughes. And that's how I fell in love with it. I, I saw the show and I saw the countdown for that pay-per-view at the same time. Like the, the countdown was first. And then they were showing the, 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 the Ultimate Fighter show. And that's how I fell in love with MMA. I was like, oh, man, this is really, really cool. I really dig this, and I would like to start it. And 
to be honest, I, I just went to, you know, I'm old school. I've been in the game for a minute, so we didn't have Google, any other stuff. I actually, actually, we had to go to the yellow pages and start looking for, like, schools. I was actually, like, looking for uh, jujitsu schools, and I was looking in the, for, like, individual arts. I was looking for, like, multi, uh, everything separate. And then one time I ran into a gym that, like, it had it all. Like, oh, we teach multi, we teach jujitsu, we teach wrestling. I was like, whoa, what is this? And that's how I joined Literally, that's how really everything started. That's fantastic, dude. Now you're talking to a 42 year old, so believe me, I remember looking things up in the yellow pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, Danny, your next scrap is June 18th at UFC Fight Night, Cater versus Emmett. Can you kind of tell us how camp's been going this time around? I know they're all different, but how's this one been going for you, brother? Well, I will say this one is uh, I'm excited. I feel like sometimes we fight because we're fighters. You know what I mean? Sometimes we very we we love every fight that we fight. And we take it very serious. But there is times that we you know we're fighting so consistent that sometimes it's not the same fire for that fight. Like it's fine. You know what I mean? You, I I haven't fought since July thirty first of last year. So I feel like all this time off and some of it is because of, I was injured. But all this time off let me like rest a little bit physically and mentally. So going into this fight, I got that fire in my belly. You know what I mean? It's just completely different compared to the previous fights. I, I fought four times in one year. And I feel like going into the last one, I was already kind of like getting a little worn out. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like, you know, like I said, I, I would have fought last December because they wanted me to fight December, but I was injured. So I feel like those injuries kind of was a little bit of a plus in the sense of like it gave me a break. And I was able to enjoy training. Uh, I was fighting so consistent that to a point where every time I get out of a, camp, out of a fight, uh, I'll go back to the gym and I was just getting ready for another fight. So you don't enjoy training as much because you're very serious. I'm a very serious man when it comes down to fighting. So once I already know I have a fight coming up, I'm back to camp. I'm back to like, I'm back to like sharpen up my tools, maybe add a couple of things to my arsenal. But at the end, I don't get to have the, uh, the, the fun you normally get in training because, you know, you know, you have another date going on and you have to get ready, prepare. So all these months, these past months, I was actually able to enjoy training and and like not having not knowing that I'm not fighting till like uh, beginnings of 2022, I was able to enjoy some of the training and and have fun in the gym. And so right now is great. Um, I didn't know I was gonna fight June, but I had assumptions that I was gonna fight June. You know what I mean? So beginnings of April, I was already starting to get ready for this fight. Like not knowing I was gonna fight Ricardo Ramos, not knowing I was gonna fight June 18, but I already knew. I was like, okay, you know what? It's April. Um, I told my manager, like, he told me, what do you think is the time, like, what you, what you want to do? And I'm like, look, you know, June, July, and and we're, we're in beginnings of April, so let me, I'm just going to be ready, getting ready for June, July. I'm not going to wait for them to call me. I'm going right. to be ready. You know, it's kind of like saying, like, the, 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 the saying that everybody uses now, stay ready, you know, be ready, you know, not to Don't get, not, you know, yeah, right. Yeah, you don't have to get ready. Be ready. You know what I mean? Stay ready. So that's why that's what I'm that's that was my mindset going into this fight, and I'm just I'm just excited about it. Very cool, dude. Now, Danny, you turned pro back in 2010, which is literally just one year after I did, and you are still growing strong. And I've said it on the show before, I'm a mess. And you are still looking out there looking like a like a young kid in incredible energy, looking shredded every time we see in the cage. What do you attribute your longevity to, dude? Is it diet? Is it rest? I mean, what are some things that you attribute this ability of longevity in a brutal sport? I think the first the first uh, person I got to thank to is God. 
you know, I'm not a big religious person. Everybody that knows me, I'm, I don't go to church. Not, not to, not to discredit anybody that goes to church. Of course, now I was raised Catholic, and then, uh, my, you know, when I got here to the United States, because I was raised in Colombia, uh, you know, I met Christianity and everything. So, like, I, I understand both religions. I'm just, I'm just a big believer in God. I don't go through other, uh, other routes. I just, I'm, it's just a straightforward me and God. And I think God blessed me for me, not, for me to have the ability to stay healthy through the sport because it's the hardest thing to do is stay healthy through the sport. You know, I have had my little pains and injuries, but it's never been anything that needed a surgery or I, I, I've been blessed like that. And I always give God props for that. Like I'm, I'm always been thankful. I always told God, yo, God, I, I, I appreciate the fact that you have always given me the opportunity to perform a high level, knowing that this sport, like I've seen so many of my teammates having to like go get a surgery because their back or disc, uh, their knees, especially knees. I, knees are very, very fragile for athletes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's one of the, I always, Thank God for that. But I think like one of the reasons, you know, I, I always grew up eating really well. Like when I, you know, I was raised in Colombia and, you know, there's no processed food in Colombia. There's no such thing as, you know, you don't eat from the cans. You know, you eat like they, you buy the grains at the store. You have to put them in water the day before. Let it, you know, it's very organic, the food over yeah. there. You know what I mean? Um, I always play sports since I was a little kid. We always play soccer. I've been playing sports my whole life. So I think all those things, um, me being, like I said, I, I gotta sometimes say I've been a little lucky. I don't, you know, in the sense of like, you know, I've been, I've been hurt, but I never been hurt like that where I, you know, like I said, the, the reason I've been gone for a little bit is because I was recovering from some stuff, but at the same time, it wasn't nothing major. It was just a little, it's just me, my last fight, I kicked and I ended up hurting like a little tendon on my ankle. And then the, just the coaches told me too, like, you look, you've been fighting con so consistent, just take a break right now. Sometimes we need a break. It's an overwhelming sport. And, um, and, and having my, my coaches always keeping me disciplined, always in the gym, you know what I mean? Because I think like when I was younger, my biggest mistake was always like being a little inconsistent, you know, I'll go in and out of the gym. But the thing is that when you go out of the gym and then you're trying to come back in the gym and then you have all these guys getting ready for fights and you want to keep up with them in training and then you get hurt because your body can keep up with them because their body, their bodies are peaking. Yours has been actually on and off in the gym. So when you're trying to come back inside the gym, you're trying to train so hard just like them and then you get hurt because your body can't keep up. Your mind could keep up, but your body can't. You know what I mean? Your yeah. mind tells you go, go, go. But your body's like, yo, man, take a break. You, you, you've been gone for like two, three weeks. <laughs> what are you doing? You know, so my my at one point, like as I was getting close to my late 20s, I started to really be more consistent in the gym. And even if I'm not training hard, at least I'm being here drilling. So I, I think, I, you know, I kind of had to learn how to like, how to train and how to keep my body in good shape. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, sometimes like when we're young, we'll disappear from the gym. Even sometimes we'll disappear for like a month. You know what I mean? I'm talking about like early twenties. Like I'll get, I'll be like when I was like four and like, what, like five and one. At one time I took a break of a year, not from the gym, a hundred percent. No, I'm always in the gym, like in and out, but I was like, not that consistent. You know what I'm trying to say? So when I became very consistent being in the gym, even if I'm coming to the gym just to hit the bag, even if I'm just coming to the gym just to drill, I'm not, I can't roll or I can't spar, but I could just drill. That helped me to keep myself going. Like 
I feel like when you go in and out so much of the gym and then you want to keep up with the guys that are already getting ready for fights or something like that. And I'm a very competitive, prideful person. So I feel like sometimes I got hurt doing things like that. So then when I realized that, you know what, when I'm in the gym all the time, I don't get as hurt as much, believe it or not. I'm like, I don't, I'm not really getting as hurt as much compared when I'm actually in and out. I'm out for like a couple of weeks or, or I just come in two, three times a week. I'm not coming in like that. And then when I'm really in the gym, I'm getting hurt. And it was because I'm trying to push myself like if I was in great shape and I wasn't. My mind is trying to push so hard and my body will be like, stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're you're about to like pass your limits and I'll do it. But then like, then I'll do that and then I'll have like a stiff neck or I just or I, I overtrained and I end up hurting, like pull the hamstring or something like that. You know what I mean? Things yeah. like that happen. And I feel like the more I was, I was becoming consistent in the gym, the less actually I was getting hurt. So I think my longevity comes to lucky growing up, eating well, playing sports my whole life. And like I said, just, you know, and being blessed, I, I'll be honest. Like, I'm not going to come and be like, Oh, these are the, no, I've been blessed. I feel like God put me, has, has put me in a in great positions. Got you, brother. So South Florida, where you train, is synonymous with high-level MMA gyms. You know, you got Sanford, you got American Top Team, and obviously you train at MMA Masters. Uh, there are some of the most talented fighters that have gone through your gym or that consistently train at your gym at MMA Masters. What is your favorite part about training in South Florida and Miami specifically? The weather. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. I'll be honest, man. I don't. I, I see. I watch countdowns before from other fighters from different states and different countries. And the one thing I think I'll have a try. And I have had trouble when in, in Miami does not get that cold when it gets cold. But for us, it's cold. I hate training under the cold. I don't like it. I don't like going running in the cold. I hate coming into the mats and it's super cold. And I, it, you just feel everything. A takedown, you feel that takedown. When you get slammed by a double leg, they pick you up and slam you. You feel those takedowns. You know, you got to warm up really well. You know, so I like the weather. Um, the weather in Miami is, is amazing. It's just, it's just great. Um, you know, the environment, you know, I'm Latino. You know what I mean? You have to understand, like, I, li I like being around my Latino people. You know what I mean? It just The food is amazing over here. Um, and just just everything, you know, like, I, I just love my city. I love, you know, I, I never really train outside of my gym, so I don't know what happens in other gyms and other places of the state. But uh, I just, you know, I think my city just brings a lot of, like, uh, uh, great energy. You know, if you really, if you really look at it, like, I, I recently had posted that, uh, there was a, like a little a poll, uh, not a poll. Uh, there was a study that they made that they said that Miami is one of the happiest places right now in in, in all United States because uh, there's a lot of like healthy places to go eat. Everybody's exercising. There's gyms everywhere. There's CrossFit, CrossFit regular gyms, MMA gyms. There's so many gyms around Miami, and it's just a great energy. I think like Miami just has a great energy. Very cool, dude. Now. I'm not going to talk shit about the cold because I actually like the cold, but I'm from Detroit and we didn't really have much of a choice. So I've learned to adapt and love the cold. You would not like it here, my man. I'm telling you that right away. So, dude, number seven, round seven with Rhino is where we like to hear about what you like to do away from the cage and away from training. What are some things you like to do? What is the Colombian warrior like to do for fun, dude? Well, I, to be honest, I like to spend, uh, you know, I, I'm getting older. You know what I mean? And so I don't really go clubbing anymore like I used to do when I was younger. I don't hang around with friends like I used to before. I think I feel like when I was younger, I was a little bit more of a of a head case. You know, I was a little bit of a, 
a little wild uh, person. And, you know, now that I got, I got older and I really took my career really serious, I just like hanging around with my friends and my family. Uh, like, I like to do, like, very really simple stuff like barbecues, go to the movies, go bowling, go play pool, uh, go to my friends' houses and watch fights. And, you know, maybe I have a little beer here and there with them, you know. And I'm not a kind of guy that gets drunk and stuff. Like, I don't like drinking like that. But I, I don't mind having some some wings and beer with my friends and just watch some fights and and um to be honest yeah just just spending time with my friends and family and it's not um, nothing crazy uh, i love watching uh, anime which you know um love watching other sports i watch basketball football soccer uh the olympics when they come around the world cup when it comes around i'm a, yeah I'm, a, I'm just addicted to like in a way or way i mean yeah i'm addicted to the tv i like watching shows uh, yeah that's literally what I do. I don't really, like I said, I don't, I don't go fishing. I know some people in Miami love to go fishing. I don't go fishing. Um, I don't party in South beach like that. I may, if I go to the beaches just to literally go get in the water, do a workout, get a yeah. time, you know, enjoy the view. There's beautiful women over here. So, you know, like I, I just do other things. I, I'm not like, a. I'm not addicted to the party wildlife anymore. I'm not, I don't do any of that stuff. I'm just very relaxed. I just, I really enjoy just getting my hand raised when I fight. Very cool, my dude. So this is one that I've been including Danny in the last, uh, maybe five, six, seven interviews that I've done. And it's a very hard question for some people to answer and other people know it right away. So we'll see what you got for this one, my dude. Yeah. If you were not a professional fighter, what do you think you would be doing career wise? Wow. I know. <laughs> you know, I you know I was I you know it's crazy but I was when I was younger before I started doing any type of MMA uh I did I was trying to pursue acting you know oh, I cool. I, did, I did drama in, in 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 middle school and I was trying to pursue that in high school but it didn't come around but then when I dropped out of high school I started seeing like people were like uh doing auditions you have to do like a, a portfolio or something like that you have to take pictures and do all this i, I was kind of like getting into it but it never really came out like it just didn't happen for me you know but i did like because I, I love acting they give you, i'm a big movie critique like i love i love movies and shows and i critique them I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of of uh, of the oscars and all that stuff you know what i mean like i love acting i love hollywood you know what i mean i love tv shows all that stuff i'm a big fan of that stuff so um i think that could have been one of them you know, that that literally was technically what I probably would have done if not, to be honest. Like, you know, when I when I was young, when I was a kid, I always, you know, I had always good grades growing up. And uh, I, we thought, like, you know, my family had, like, expectations of me being a doctor or, or a lawyer or an engineer, something like that. And I thought I was going to do something like that, but then... As I was getting older, then I, I thought about acting. Then as I kept getting older, I realized that that wasn't happening for me and... I'll be honest, man. God bless me with, with showing me MMA because then I realized, like, I out of all those things, even acting as much as I like, uh, I like Hollywood and movies and other stuff. I feel like fighting was really what I could really show how great I am. You know what I mean? Like, I've, who knows? I believe anything I put my mind to do, I could do it. But I really found the passion in fighting. Like when I, like I like the acting part. I like the other things. But when I met fighting, it was like I fell in love. Like I was addicted to the gym at the beginning. 
You know, I was I could I was at the gym. I was addicted to the gym right when I first started. As I, as time went by, you know, like I said, the sport could be so rough. You start going in and out. You know, what I mean, sometimes you just get distracted. Miami is a very distracting city. You know, so I could get a little distracted. I was in like in the middle of my twenties, but uh, but then I got my you know I got my. I'm, can I swear in this? Podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Fuck yeah, you can, my dude. <laughs> I got my shit together as I got older. You know what I mean? Like I've said, because you know I had the great, I had right the right people around me to keep me in this, uh, and keep me disciplined in this. But uh, yeah, I think like I think like I, to be honest, acting wasn't happening to, for me, and I think like the, I probably would have done the typical. Maybe the typical life that people have, trying to trying to work and save up money and probably put up a business, you know. Maybe, you know, that probably would that would have sucked. <laughs> that would suck. That's that's not what because that's that. <laughs> I like the fact that like my career makes me unique. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm the I'm the number one featherweight fighting out of Colombia. You know what I mean? I could always rock that. I'm always going to, I could always walk around saying I'm the best Colombian featherweight right now. I may not be the best fight featherweight right now in the world, which I will be, but right now, right now I'm the number one Colombian representing in the 145 weight class in the UFC, you know? So that's very unique for me. You know what I mean? And, and I, I'm always been about, I'm always been about like, you know, put your name in this world, like let people know who you are, you know what I mean? In a good way, you know what I mean? And, um, I think I, to be honest, yes, without this, without this, I don't, I think I just would have maybe a regular life. Cause I didn't have, cause it's all about passion and I didn't have passion for the, I just would have done them, but I didn't have that passion. Like I did when I found MMA. Absolutely dude. Now that, first of all, that was answered beautifully and fantastically. And I loved it. So thank you very much for sharing that one. So Danny, we have actually careened our way into the 10th round with Rhino, which is the easiest round of them all. Please just, <laughs> share your, please just share your social medias with us, dude. So the, the Rhino gang can get on board. We can follow you and keep tabs on your career moving forward. Of course, cheer for you on the, uh, on the 18th, but just everything that you got posted and coming on, we want to check that out and follow it. So share your social medias with us, dude. Oh yeah, I'm just. I have to, you know, my Facebook got hacked, so I cannot tell you my Facebook. <laughs> but okay. you can hit me up on Instagram, D Warrior A seventy five, same as Twitter, D Warrior A seventy five. Just, you know, those are my two main um, social medias that I'm always in, and you know, I'm interacting with fans, interacting with anybody, and um, you know, that's what I got going on right now, man. Um, I'm just trying to put myself on the map, and and you know, trying to put my country on the map too, and. Man, I just can't wait, Brian. I, I'm just, you know, right now, I'm just trying to take advantage of every opportunity that is put in, my, in front of me. I'm just trying to take advantage of it. Absolutely, dude. Well, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you joining us today. We know how hectic it is, you know, that last month or two leading up to a fight. But everybody in the Rhino Gang and on the Fight Fam, dude, UFC Fight Night, June 18th. We got my man, the Colombian warrior, Danny Chavez, taking on Ricardo Ramos at Featherweight. It's going to be a banger. I can't wait for us all to check that one out. Best of luck to you, Danny. We really appreciate you joining the show today, dude. Thank you very much. I just want to give a quick shout out to my my GMMA masters, my coaches, my teammates, uh, my sponsors, my manager. I want to give a shout out to my new management, uh, Dominus MMA. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity right now. Um, 
I just want to, like I said, I just want to thank everybody that's been on my side and always helped me out. I just really appreciate that. And I want everybody to check out this interview. I just went 10 rounds with Rhino, so let's get it. <laughs> thank you so much, my dude. Nah, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for your time. Oh, Danny, dude, that was so awesome. Thank you very much, brother. We can't wait to see you fight next month. We are super stoked and looking forward to it. So I want to give a shout out to our out and our outro to our forum contributors to the Raging Sweet Potato Times 2. To Dean Dog, to my homie the Doc, to Brian from the Home and Sale, to Jamal, the son of Thomas, in parentheses I write, but always my king, Cyrus King. <laughs> to my girl, APB, holding it down for the ladies on this one. To Ty, the fly guy. To Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. To the homie Dan, D. Kranz, my broski. To all the ladies of the PRG. To the underdog MMA fam, Chrissy, Monica, Katie. Jillian, Jason, all the homies over there. To Ashley, the MMA nerd from the Silly Little Pod. To Miss Fight Diva, Brat, Filthy Casual, Jessica from the What's Up Weirdo Pod, Chris from Unmatched MMA, my dude Mike Morgan from Shots Fired. Of course, all the homies of my beloved Rhino Gang GC. Of course, the best engineer in the biz, D. Reigns. To the eye inside of graphic design, Dave Fretz. To everybody who supports the show both week in and week out, we can't tell you how much we love and appreciate you guys. We hope all of you have a great week. Forever and ever, love is greater than hate, and we will see you next week. Kate Sun!